0: You're listening to the John DiPietro show. Boy, controversy! I don't blame East Providence for being upset. Low bail set for this guy that just caused complete havoc in the city on Friday. He was granted very low bail, as a matter of fact. Let's pick up the story. WPRI. Here
1: we, the we go. The wow! With what happened, Alex. Incredible.
2: Mike and Shannon, well, it was rather emotional in that courtroom as there was a small group of people who appeared to have known Joshua Pavo, who is the suspect. One of them visibly emotional, in tears, as the judge officially charged that suspect with 116 criminal offenses. Focused on the small crowd, officers led 43-year-old Joshua Pavo to face a judge. He's facing more than 100 criminal charges after Friday's high-speed chase that left a trail of guns and ammo along the road. East Providence police saying it all started after they got a call of a shooting
3: off Astro Drive. She saw a vehicle stop in front of the home. As the vehicle stopped, she saw the operator produce a long gun pointed out the window and fired a single round into their vehicle.
2: Police were able to find the vehicle off Pawtucket Avenue, and when they turned their lights on, they say Pavo took off at high speeds in a residential neighborhood and near middle school.
3: Estimated to be between 60 and 80 miles an hour.
2: The chase ended when Pavo crashed into three other vehicles at Taunton Avenue. Police say Pavo did try to run away, but was quickly arrested. As officers started investigating, what they found left them and the community in shock.
3: Police observed thousands of rounds of ammunition, rifle magazines strewn across the road, and a bag with uh, $14,250 cash.
2: More high-capacity magazines were found along the chase route, and 12 News obtained exclusive surveillance video that appears to show the moment he dumped some of what was in his car. Investigators say they found a backpack loaded with supplies.
3: Three loaded Glock handguns, uh, hundreds of rifle rounds, bulletproof vest, gas mask.
2: The judge set a $100,000 bond for Pavo. However, there are conditions Pavo must meet before he can go back to his parents' home in Florida. That includes giving up all firearms and ammunition, setting up mental counseling, and a protective order for the victim. And the suspect Joshua Pavo does appear back again here in court in March. Reporting live in Providence, Alex Torres Perez, 12 News.
0: Gas mask. He was prepared. Well, he seemed to be prepared for everything. I don't know what he was planning on doing. Now, I also want to, um, <clears throat> WPRI Tim White, they have found out that this, in Florida, this guy is no stranger to law enforcement. And the the mayor of, of East Providence, Mayor De Silva, he's uh, extremely concerned with how this guy is just let back out. But I want to play um, good job by Tim White, who dug up. More background info He's been on accused him. of
4: punching a police officer in Florida. Yeah. And a family member of his estranged wife tells us they are worried for her safety.
0: Target 12
3: investigator Tim White has been combing through Pavo's background and is here now with what he found.
1: The mother of Joshua Pavo's estranged wife tells me her daughter moved to Maine to get away from Pavo, but says he has started showing up in Maine in an attempt to make contact with his son, even showing up at his school. In 2017, Joshua Pavo, the suspect in the high-speed police chase in East Providence that ended in a multi-car crash, was driving a delivery van in Winter Park, Florida, when an officer tried to hand him a parking ticket. The officer says in a police report, Pavo started screaming within inches of my face, telling me that I didn't want to mess with him. The officer says he pushed Pavo back to create distance, and that's when he punched the officer in the face before fleeing. Pavo was arrested a short time later later and told police he was suing the department for unlawful arrest, allegedly yelling, I got a lawyer, I'll get mine. Pavo did eventually file a lawsuit, but court records show a federal judge threw it out. The criminal case was also eventually dismissed. Records show Pavo has had dozens of interactions with police, mostly traffic violations from Florida to South Carolina, Rhode Island, and Maine. His mother-in-law tells Target 12 they were stunned by the news out of East Providence, adding, I was hoping one of the these days that someone would get him. She says Pavo has sent family members pictures and videos of him firing semi-automatic rifles and was not surprised when police said they discovered thousands of rounds of ammunition and that he had tried to hide a cache of guns in an East Providence neighborhood. My daughter is better off in Maine, she says. We are worried if he gets out of jail. Records also indicate Pavo was sued by the town of Coventry for failing to pay three years of motor vehicle taxes. A judge ruled in the town's favor, but a clerk in Coventry tells me Pavo never paid up. With the Target 12 investigators, Tim White, 12 News.
0: Certainly a pattern there where this guy's had <coughs> problems with the law. And as I mentioned, the mayor of East Providence, De Silva, and I don't blame him. They're very concerned and can't believe the low bail because what a lot of people don't realize what they set the bail at all you have to do is come up with 10 percent of it and as a result of that i mean ten thousand dollars and this guy is out which i mean it just it, it's hard to believe it would be that that low so that you do see he's very calm in video where he's then hiding more weapons still obviously unclear exactly what he was planning on doing but i don't understand this is another example of the judges are very lenient and they let these individuals out i i wouldn't be surprised we hear about this guy committing uh, another act and then meaning another criminal act and then, and then just being a problem here. I don't think this is someone that's gonna go away any, I don't think so, anytime soon. So I wanna play, this is uh, the Channel 10 follow-up and I believe they also have comment from the mayor of, uh, of East Providence.
1: Yeah, the East Providence mayor is not too happy even sounding off about public safety concerns. The 19th, Molly Levine continues to follow the story for us. She's live in the city right now, Molly.
4: Yeah, Dan and Patrice, the East Providence mayor expressing his concern tonight with the judge's ruling and he's not the only one. I talked with a resident who found those discarded firearms in front of his home. He says his home camera also caught this act.
3: It's a complete callous disregard for the community and the way that he just kind of throws it out there um, and then leaves it unattended. Um, you know, I, it's from my understanding, there's, there were no gun locks on anything. Um, and just from my own visual sight, that bag was completely able to be accessed by anybody.
4: Aaron Wozlovek's home security cameras were rolling when 43-year-old Joshua Pavao stopped in front of his house, got out of his car, and discarded multiple firearms and bags into the woods. East Providence police were searching for him after he allegedly fired shots into a vehicle sitting in front of a home on Estrell Drive was says he heard sirens turned on his scanner then checked his cameras when you saw you know what you saw in the woods what was your immediate reaction walk me through kind of your emotions that you felt
3: there was a little bit of fear and then um, you know i just kept it secure
4: securing the items as his children and his neighbors kids were being dismissed from school and calling police to retrieve the weapons
3: i feel grateful i was able to help out our community and even more grateful for He's Providence for the response. It is a little scary. No, this guy could get bonded out um, with such a low bond. The
4: police chase didn't come to an end until Pavao caused a four-vehicle crash at the intersection of Pawtucket and Taunton Avenues. Numerous loaded gun magazines and thousands of rounds of ammunition scattered at the scene.
0: The most recent count, about 2,400 rounds of ammunition.
4: Mayor Bob DeSilva says the investigation is not over. We've learned Pavao currently lives in Florida but grew up in Coventry. A statement from a spokesperson from the Marine Corps shows Pavao served for four months at Camp Lejeune in 1999. Nine before being discharged. Paval is currently facing 116 criminal counts. A district court judge lowered his bail today to $100,000 with surety, meaning $10,000 in Paval could be released.
5: The, the very least I was hoping from my justice system was that there would be some type of a a dangerousness hearing.
4: Mayor De Silva says he was hoping the judge would have put more restrictions, not less.
5: This is the, the, the poster person for some type of a mass casualty incident. It, it, it makes me nervous. Putting
4: an alert out to his residents that this person could be back in society if he posts bail.
5: Am I concerned about the safety of the public? Yes, I am.
0: <clears throat> with good reason, with very good reason, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. aj drywall plaster home improvement call them today for a free quote you can also find them on facebook 401-323-9252 323-9252 aj drywall plasters home improvement frame to finish basements what a difference it'll make in your basement acoustic ceilings look how beautiful your ceiling could be new homes additions also commercial rehabs painting remodeling contact them today it's a family-run business AJ drywall plaster home improvements call for a free quote what a difference they'll make in your home your ceilings floors basements 401-323-9252 what a difference beautiful walls and ceilings 401-323-9252 you can also find them on Facebook it's A.J. drywall, plaster, and home improvements for your home or business. Folks, you're listening to the John DiPietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's a.m. 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Time for our segment, Politics This Week. Joining us right now, he's the managing editor, anchorrising.com. It is Justin Katz. <clears throat> and Justin, uh, I'd like to start off. Governor McKee made this appointment to the Rhode Island Ethics Commission. Now, uh, not only was the appointment interesting, and and it talks, it says a lot about what's going on right now to me in the McKee administration, just as far as vetting, but we also then saw kind of a battle play out where the Providence Journal initially reported on the story and just by doing a simple Google search. Now, the Boston Globe really dug in, but the media grabbed onto the story and then governor mckee finally had his his candidate withdraw his name i'm anxious to hear and there's different elements of this but your thoughts on this ill-fated it, it really only seemingly lasted 24 hours his uh, endorsement of this uh, de, de, uh bryant de cruz
5: well i think you used a, a key word there is betting i mean that's it's kind of just a basic diligence isn't it i mean the, the McKee administration is has, has not proven itself to be very competent at running things and I think this is a good if, if somewhat superficial example of that it doesn't take long when you're when you've got a handful of appointments uh, on something like the ethics Commission which let's face it it's not in, in my view uh, this might be heresy to some is not a very important body and it it, does, it doesn't do very good work and I, th- I don't think it's pur- I think its purposes is, is missold but it's high profile and a lot of people care about it and so to do just assign somebody to do just basic background reviews of the people you're appointing and make sure that you're not going to be hit with some, some PR disaster like this. That seems like just the minimum you would expect from a governor. And, and he's, he's not doing that. He makes you wonder what governor McKee actually does. What, what is, what does he see his job as? What is, what is he organizing? I think that's, that's, those questions are, are, very significant here, and I, I think that's that should be a lot large part of the scandal. I did notice in passing, by the way, that in, in at least the stories I reviewed, the word Democrat does not appear. I wonder. I suspect this guy is a Democrat from South Kingstown. I'm not sure mm-hmm. of that because no news yeah. media are reporting it. Uh, but I, I think that's that. That was a, a humorous angle, but that's that's just what it is. You. You. And I think that it's an indication of why. You know, people joke that folks in Hollywood and in other progressives and liberals think men, for example, are predators because their men are. <laughs> you know, they, they live in this insul- insulated world where everybody, people are greedy, they'll take everything from you, they'll, they'll try to sexually abuse you. Uh, it, it does make you wonder if, if that's some some of what we're getting, if these, these sorts of people kind of thrive in a situation where as long as they are pulling the rope for the group, in this case, the party, uh, the Democrat party, they'll... They won't be looked at very, very closely, and I think that's that's the kind of an indication of what we're seeing here. And you could see, to answer my own question a little bit, the McKee, McKee at this point just wants to go along with the establishment. He bought himself a governorship by making promises to unions and others, and I think uh, that that might be what what actually happened is this somebody he whose vote he needs for something or support or. Uh, suggested this guy and there you go it didn't take much much digging McKee's not one to push back so I wonder if if that's some of what we saw just a mix of incompetence and just a desire to to please the the party so to speak
0: and Justin so uh, this guy donated um Brian to Cruz he donated a thousand to the governor back in April Governor McKee by all accounts he he took half the month off he uh, was last in office November 15th he took uh the, the week before thanksgiving off then all of thanksgiving off and then he, he was then even out of town again but it, it just seemed like how how is something it, it would seem basic vetting by the way this isn't like to me even the don carlson jamestown situation that took definitely you know you had to go to the school and they had to get statements from the school and that granted they were hearing from someone but um But this didn't even take a lot. And it was it was recent. It was just a couple of years ago that this came up. Uh, But what do you make of the fact that the governor's kind of been AWOL since before, you know, well before Thanksgiving? Well, I
5: I think that's. You you could say, and politicians often do. Oh well, you know, it's a twenty-four-seven job. Even if I'm not in the office, I'm working. But this is kind of, as you said, basic vetting. I can forgive a lot of vetting errors, and you you don't expect people to to understand the finances of every candidate they put forward. They're not going to necessarily dig up, and sometimes it's silly. They're not going to dig up emails from when they were twelve, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, But yeah, this this was a situation where there was a controversy in South Kingstown with this guy's official capacity as a town councilor. He made a public apology. Yeah. Uh, this is not; it, it was not difficult to find. I mean, you, you a little bit of Google, right? And that, that's it. Just shows you that he did not assign anybody or assign anybody competent to to dig into this, even a little bit, to say, okay, hey, hey, Joe, take take this guy, just do a little bit of research, spend an hour on it, you know, see what you can find, dig into him a little bit what he did on the council, just make sure there's no nothing going to bite us in this. That's like an hour of a low level employee or an intern, you know, you could probably pop it into artificial intelligence and get an answer. Are there any controversies around this person? It'll probably tell you. I mean, that's, that's how easy it's become. And they didn't even bother probably because they didn't even think to bother because that's not Governing to them is not really a job. It's it's more like a it, to them it's it's all about just doing what people want you to do and pleasing them and, and selling you know the taxpayers out and selling Rhode Islanders out in order to keep your job. That's basically what what the governor's office is at this point.
0: And Justin, not only that, but uh, you know, we saw like Miguel Sanchez had one of those constituent jobs. People need to understand there were people on the governor's payroll that make hundreds of thousands. It, this also is a reflection what are these people doing? Uh, we can everyone can say they didn't bet properly, but it's not as if he's short staffed. He has people sitting around that are all making, you know, some of them well over one hundred thousand, some over two hundred thousand. It, it's to- a total waste of taxpayer money that then something like this happens. They also didn't bet the guy enough to tell him, hey, listen, don't talk to the media if they contact you. <laughs> he's doing an interview and he tells the globe, well, the governor's people never asked me about that. Now, what do you make of Amanda Milkovitz put out reporting involves more than, quote, just a Google search? Please consider subscribing to Globe, Rhode Island. And <clears throat> you had got, uh, Kathy Gregg to her credit. She was the first one that said at the Projo reported last week a Google search turned up this story uh, for a public um, apology. What do you make of it was then almost like a battle of who should be taking the credit for taking this guy down?
5: Yeah, well, there's an interesting between Kathy Gregg and the Boston Globe. I mean, they, yeah. uh, just a week or so ago, they were they were going back and forth about David Cicilline and the and Rhode Island Foundation.
1: Yeah, I mean,
5: that so the, the Globe definitely has a com- combative attitude against other other journalists in the area. But I, I I think it's it's kind of ridiculous. I I take Kathy Gregg's side here. I mean, especially in these in the internet era where things are quick you can report what you can find quickly the first sure. i mean the first thing you should do okay here's a new name let me google it i'm a journalist this right. is what i do you find a story you validate that the story is accurate and then but if, if it's it is you, you publish it and then you you dig deeper if there if it's justified that doesn't mean you you put it aside and so i, I it seems just just bizarre to me but it but it's interesting i i don't know if it's a, a sign of the times or if it's if it's something new with the boston globe whether they're their mix of personalities or maybe the fact that they're based in Boston and not not in Rhode Island, not in Providence specifically, but they—they they really do. You know, for for decades, there's been this feeling of collegiality among the Rhode Island journalists, as if they're you know they're like a club. You know, and oh, I saw this person at the State House. Hi, how's it going? You know, it's just that they've had that feel. Welcome to the club. You know, uh, for for decades, and the Boston Globe does not seem to play that way. And it's it's an interesting dynamic that's worth watching going forward to maybe figure out: is it just some personalities? Is it that they're they're Rhode Island? editor likes the fight or is it something like the fact that they're in boston and not not rhode island that that really uh cinches that or maybe it's because people are working remotely more often they're not rubbing shoulders as much at the state house as they used to it's it's just an interesting turn of events and frankly it's it's somewhat entertaining and probably healthy to have your news media all battling each other out rather than making a little click of reporters
0: that is an excellent observation on your part of that uh they did push back is Kathy Gregg uh broke the story about Cicellini saying, uh, you know, number one, the Democrat fundraiser, number two, investing in local journalism. And then, you know, the globe kind of had to vet it out and explain it a little bit more. And then uh there was definitely, you're right, there was a back and forth where even then the the local editor was going after Kathy Gregg yeah. on that. Folks, quick break, much more ahead. Justin Katz politics this week right here on the John DePicho show. The Coheset Inn, 226 Coheset Avenue, West Warwick. Delicious food and drink. They have a great bar area, always a dependable menu. Whether you're going to eat there or take out, a delicious meal is waiting for you at the Coheset Inn. Look for them online. You can also find them on Facebook. Whether it's lunch, dinner, or drinks in the lounge, always a good time at the Coheset Inn, 226 Coheset Avenue in West Warwick. Our segment is Politics This Week. With us is Justin Katz, managing editor at anchorizing.com. Justin, we have the story of the Brown University student who's up in uh, Vermont over Thanksgiving weekend. A man came out of his house, saw three uh, men, two of them dressed uh, in some of their Palestinian garb. Speaking Arabic, he fires three shots. So the president of Brown, Christina Paxson, says, listen, we're going to try to bring everyone together. We're going to have a vigil. She also announces we're not going to press charges against the 20 people uh that were arrested that would not refusing to leave her office <clears throat> and then i'm curious to hear your reaction they they turned on her at this quote vigil where then it even they're interrupting her and then she even says you know is this how you want to honor your friend what is your thoughts on the uh the president of brown trying to you know, come find common ground, uh, so to speak, with the, the students and the way that vigil exploded into a protest.
5: Well, there, yeah, there's a, there's a lot here, and I, I think it starts with, to some extent, we're seeing kind of like the the snake that progressives have created on college campuses sometimes turns around and bites them, and and I think that's one of these one of these instances. I mean, I, it's it's shocking to know that in. On the fly, while she's adjusting to situations on the ground, Paxton edits her speech to to cut out language saying that she, she that Jews should be able to wear their Jewish garb that, that they yeah. should be visible, be able to be visible as much as as Arabs and Muslims. She cut, she edited that out in on the fly, and that really goes to show you something. There was something in in the statement that Boston uh, that Brown released that I, I think is really telling. It says it's, it's something to the effect of it's it's unusual that american campuses are turning against themselves that there are groups in disagreement on a campus and i think that that says a whole lot about the sort of the uniform mentality and indoctrination on college campuses they're not used to having people disagree on the campus it's always them the good progressives against those mouth breathers out in the public the uh, the right wing fascists the maga people the conservatives all the all the capitalists out in the, the real world but the campus is unified and i think they're they're kind of taken aback by the the battle that, that's going on and so i i think she was she was responding to that to some extent but you know i one thing that's been seeming increasingly not just with this issue but with this issue but others as well that's starting to feel like i think we've got a really distorted view of students place on a campus we we treat it sort of it's sort of like this cross between a daycare and they're like they're the owners. They're not, especially at a, an Ivy League school. They're they're basically elitists passing through, uh, and so you've got somebody like Paxton and the administration of a university. They're there for the long haul. The university is their responsibility, uh, and I think since the '60s almost, we, we've had this idea that you, you call part of college is coming come to our campus, tear it up, pretending you care about the university uh, and that you have some kind of ownership stake in it, and then move along with your life, having having caused some trouble. And I think. We see some of that here with her you know, declining to let the the news media in onto the campus to cover it which again a very similar situation we have this idea that that journalists are this objective faction who are just there they don't care about the issue they're just there to report uh so you should let us on your campus we're really they're just out for headlines they're out to some extent to advance this the progressive cause as well and so letting them on the campus is just inviting a scene inviting bad headlines that harm the university so i, I have no no complaints against that. I mean, they they should deal with it with the students and stop letting them be such children uh, and and destroy an institution or a whole a whole collegiate higher education institution. But the and the, but the last point I want to make is the um, I'm still withholding some. Some judgment about what happened in Vermont. I mean, I it's it's horrible. Whatever the cause, whatever the effect, but we have to keep in mind here. We've we've heard one side of the story, and it's right. clear. Paxton asks, "Is this how you want to honor your friend?" I think that's a very naive question because the friend wants to be honored in this way. This is it's all about the the protesting, the yeah. revolution, and so we've only heard that side of the story. And so who knows? I mean, think of Jesse Smollett You know, was attacked. You know, we don't know. Maybe it happened exactly as the student, as the, as the, the victims of the shooting are saying, maybe not, maybe there was an altercation and he was defending himself. We don't know. And I think we, we need to keep that in mind because the, the ground is shifting under us. It's like when we used to talk about, uh, you know, in the, in the racist South, how a, a white woman made an accusation against a black man and she could be lying completely. And, and, we we get a complete false sense of the story. That power dynamic has completely shifted. If you talk about three college three Muslim college students in Vermont versus one middle aged white guy, they'll be trusted. He's the one without the power in this situation. So maybe it happened exactly as they're saying. The guy seemed like he might have been a little bit unbalanced, but we, we should we should reserve some judgment because we really don't know what happened yet.
0: Folks, again, our segment is politics this week with us, Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com. Justin, last week, Mark Fisher went on uh, Fox News, and he was a prominent member of Black Lives Matter locally in 2020, and he said that he is endorsing uh, President Trump in this upcoming election. There was uh, a huge flurry of activity in local media uh, then going after him and trying to say he doesn't carry any weight, and he's not even here anymore. Joe Powers said, you know, he's uh, happy that people from all walks of life, but what do you uh, joining the Republican Party what do you make of the reaction to brother mark mark fisher coming out for blm and saying that he supports president trump and then the backlash that created
5: well i, I think the bash, the backlash is definitely telling i mean the the idea that the the goal is to suddenly downplay this I, you know I, I don't think if if there were a major trend of black americans shifting to the republican party i don't i don't know that the mainstream journalists would catch on to it until it was nearly complete um, and then they'd probably flip and suddenly become you know the the biggest racist in the country. But the I, I think they're they're so invested in when you see a contrary narrative, and we this is what we saw with him, you see a contrary narrative, you jump on it. He's not important. that's not important. that's not relevant. It, it, that conflicts with everything we know that that can't be true. and it's it it's really the reverse of what journalists should do. what journalists should do is when they see a contrary narrative, say, is there anything to this? This right. is interesting. I did not expect this. How how is my world wrong, or is something changing? They they don't do that. They do the opposite because to them it's more about uh, about maintaining the the progressive democrat narrative. Frankly, um, but I think. I think that's a lot of what we what we see there. And so I think there there are trends of of minorities shifting toward Republicans. Yes. They, President Trump did do well among minorities. Yeah. Those are facts. If you do if you do surveys on on various issues including uh I know a lot about school choice from my time with the Center for Freedom and Prosperity. Blacks are very, very close to Republicans on th- issues like school choice. There's a lot there, and, and you can understand why a partisan press wouldn't want to cover it because that would be an opportunity, right? If, if they covered it and everybody knew, hey, Republicans, you've got a big opportunity with those minorities with with issues like school choice, then maybe something that progressives don't want might start to happen. And I think that's an important lesson for, for Joe Powers and Rhode Island Republicans. I mean, this was kind of handed to them uh, as an issue, as something to comment on, but they re- and and the answer well we we offer a lot of uh, that they should they should like and they should take a look at us this that should be a wake up call to Rhode Island Republicans there's there is an audience there start working on it go out and get it change your focus be hyper local go find those people in every town every no matter what their race or color or, or ethnicity go go start talking to them and tell them what you actually stand for so that the news media can't can't do it for you but i i think that that's that's another indication as we talk about often of the Republican Party could be doing more and they, they really need to, to change their focus and their efforts and and start going after the that that vote of people who who at the end of the day agree with them' I mean, every now and then on social media I'll see a picture of somebody uh, it'll be a, a, a black man or woman with a gun uh, like like kids practicing with their rifles or something and a conservatives does this offend you well no <laughs> we're all for that go for it right. go that's you those are your rights exercise them learn how to use that that tool effectively um there's we have no problem with that and that can be explained to people we want to protect you where we're we when it's when it makes sense we're law and order when it when, when we're protecting civil rights including your right to defend yourself those are those should be saleable messages. It's just a matter of breaking through the news media. And I think Mark Fisher gave a little bit, with just with the prominence of his of his interview, uh, gave a little bit of a, a crack in that, that, that
0: disguise there. I also found it interesting that he was interviewed on Fox by a person of color, uh, Lawrence Jones. And as a result of that, I noticed local media, they were very hesitant to criticize Fox because who was doing the interview, they, meaning... They would have loved it if he had been on Jesse Waters or if he had been on with Hannity. But then it kind of took the fun out of it uh, in some ways for them because then he was he was interviewed by a person of color. Folks, quick break. Watch my head politics this week with Justin Katz, managing editor, at dot right here on the John DePietro Show. Propane Plus, call them today. Heating and cooling in Rhode Island four zero one. 885-4209 in massachusetts 508-252-3359 for propane plus three generations you can always depend on propane plus for all your heating and cooling call them today 401-885-4209 three generations they're available 24 7 for service and delivery and they're going to serve you for a very long time they have a great user-friendly website you just log on at propaneplus.com and then you type in your zip code residential commercial propane plus heating and cooling always there for you give them a call today in rhode island 401-885-4209 in massachusetts 508-252-3359 the johnson family three generations heating and cooling you can always depend on propane plus You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, here come the new voters. Let's go to Senator Lindsey Graham. He was on CNN, Dana Bash, and talking about senators like Senator Reid and White House that voted against a measure regarding border security. So Lindsey Graham is putting it out there. Hey, I have a solution. Let's start sending some of these buses. Instead of sending them all to New York, Let's start sending some of these buses to Rhode Island. Let's pick it up. This is Senator Lindsey Graham. Listen, Dana Bash even mentions Rhode Island in the very beginning of this.
6: Senator, you said this week that Texas Governor Greg Abbott should send migrants to states like Rhode Island and yeah. Oregon and Connecticut where Democratic senators yeah. oppose this new mm-hmm. stricter asylum provision that you want. Have you heard back from Governor Abbott? Yeah. No, I'm going to go visit. So here's the problem. you got 11 Democratic senators signing a letter resisting changing the laws that attract so many illegal immigrants. Six six million people were encountered in 2023. Texas has been overrun. The Democratic position is remain in Texas. What I'm telling Governor Abbott, why don't you send thousands of these illegal immigrants to the states uh, where these senators wrote the letters, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Oregon, and let them understand what it's like to live with a broken border. The towns in Texas along the border are virtually being destroyed. Six million people have come into our country. Leave.
0: You know, the thing about that, again, that is Senator Lindsey Graham. He goes on to talk about the damage that's being done at the border. Um, but the, the fact is I, I applaud... The fact that he is finally, someone is saying, uh, folks, this would be a disaster. Let's, let's just be really clear about this. If you think the McKee administration and the state is set up to ha- start having 500 to 1,000 illegals show up here, there, there, there's absolutely, there's no way they are prepared to handle this. Governor McKee, he couldn't handle 500. He couldn't handle 500. He couldn't handle 15 people that are homeless that were sleeping out of tents at the rhode island state house so no the state is not set up but you know this is something that is it's an issue it's not talked about no one pushes back on it um i'll share the leonard campaign gary leonard i i was begging them to make this an issue the fact that the state is a sanctuary state i don't believe that if it was discussed people are not on board with this. But with the McKee administration, what they get away with is the fact that there's there's certainly no one um holding elective office that makes a big deal about it. But there's no one no one talks about it. But it's a major problem. And I believe that Governor McKee would be thrown at how many people would start saying that it, it is a problem. So I want to play um a little bit more of his answer. This is very significant though. And it would be without question a game changer if this type of thing happened. Again, this is Lindsey Graham on CNN.
6: Visit. So here's the problem. you got 11 Democratic senators signing a letter resisting changing the laws that attract so many illegal immigrants. Six, me- six million people were encountered in 2023. Texas has been overrun. The Democratic position has remained in Texas. What I'm telling Governor Abbott, why don't you send thousands of these illegal immigrants to the states uh, where these senators wrote the letters, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Oregon, and let them understand what it's like to live with a broken border. The towns in Texas along the border are virtually being destroyed. Six million people have come into our country illegally in FY23 with no end in sight. And what do you say to uh, those who say that these are human beings and they're not pa- pawns?
0: They're not following the law i expect dina bash to come out with that but they're not following the law so I folks here's the the found... bottom line is right now mckee matos they they would be shocked i'll tell you what mckee matos they would even be divided governor mckee would have to say well you know we're gonna take care of these people and the average taxpayer once you get out of the 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 triangle, of providence patucket central falls people will be out of their minds how much is this costing why are we spending the money where are they going to live who's going to pay for it look in the mirror who's going to pay for it look at what's been going on in new york the reason why i want this to happen is because the mckee matos administration they're able to hide on the issue they don't have to address the issue no one in the media asked them about it i want to repeat what i'd said earlier i i was pleading with the Leonard campaign to make this an issue in the CD1 election, and and they just wouldn't do it. I think a lot of people would be thrown at the gut reaction to people if busloads of illegals start showing up here in in Rhode Island. And I know some people will throw up their arms and say, "What's the big?" It is a big deal. Um, have there been for years illegals going to New York? Yes, but in the past year. 130,000 they have to cut budgets it is turn the city upside down they're not equipped to handle it the state would absolutely not be able to handle it why i want it to happen is it would put the issue front and center and the mckee people and those at the state house it's the democrat party they would not be able to hide from this they wouldn't be able to pretend that everything's fine they give them licenses no one says anything they governor mckee you know the every day continues to run a sanctuary state providence is a sanctuary city so is Pawtucket, central falls and no one objects but this would put the center the issue front and center and the mckee people people at the state house would say wow people are really upset about this Now, don't get me wrong you would have the progressive saying this is great and some people on the east side and so forth saying oh we're going to take them in and blah 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 and the media would do their best to say oh this is all about families it's all about children it's not when you look it's it's most of the time it's all young guys that are coming in i want it to happen i'm glad lindsey graham is finally saying that and by the way the same thing would go with massachusetts connecticut let them get a taste of it and then senator reed of white house let them be indeed inundated with phone calls of people that are upset that this is happening. Folks, you're listening to the John DeBijou Show. When it comes to insurance, you need a neighbor, a partner, and friend. You need Shopa Insurance Agency. They're located right on Reservoir Avenue in Cranston. Call today, free consultation. 401 insu 401 900 4678 SHAPA Insurance. SIA, Stephen, very experienced, whether it's auto, home, renters, business insurance, flood, recreational, umbrella, any other protection for your assets, Rhode Island of Massachusetts, Shapa Insurance Agency, your agency of choice. Call today, set up a meeting, they're so knowledgeable, can have everything under one roof. Call Shapa Insurance today, 401 900. I-N-S-U or 401 4678 Look for them on Facebook. Again, located Reservoir Avenue in Cranston. Shopa Insurance Agency. Your neighbor, your partner, your friend. One-stop insurance solutions. Check out topedro.com depetr all our links to social media exclusive stories and videos waiting for you at depetro.com. you're listening to the john DePetro show so i did want to um, share with the audience that i did receive uh, some bad news um somewhat recently that i have a, a cancer diagnosis but um the good news about that is that uh we've we were able to catch it early i will miss some uh, sometime next week i will have um, surgery on this the doctors are very optimistic that i should have a full recovery but it is something you know everyone handles things differently um, i'll probably talk more about it uh, post-surgery but it is you know it's something that certainly i have been dealing with and anyone that's had to deal with it takes up an en- enormous amount not only of your time but also of your of your mindset it's very distracting um i have new empathy for anyone in their family that has to go through it because of the uncertainty because it's something that you can't see uh because you're then Everything basically comes to a halt because then you have to, whether you like it or not, but you have to deal with this. And so it is something that um, I have been dealing with for some time now. And, um, and it's unpleasant, but I do feel fortunate uh, where we live in the world and the access to medical professionals that I do have access to, mainly those at uh, the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute so it's um it's it's a it's a series of well it's a difficult decision you know to do nothing is is not to me an option so we are opting and i'm opting to be proactive about it so you'll hear me mention it from time to time and then i at times will talk more about it but it has really opened my eyes it's it's very distracting anyone that's going through it mentally um and it, when you first find out and then you're trying to deal with it, it's uh, it's a real gut punch. And it is, um, you know, when you're kind of floating out there trying to figure out what is going to be the uh, the best means to deal with it. There's a lot of uncertainty. You're learning about it. You're trying to um, learn as much as you possibly can. And at the same time, you're going through tests that you don't have any control over. So I did want to share that news, and I have shared that news um, just uh, very, very recent now. And I just believe when you share your thoughts on various things, and, and so many times this medium is so personal, uh, that I would—and um, it, 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 it just makes sense to do so. And at the appropriate time, I, I think I would use this platform to draw more attention to it, and, uh, and maybe I can help someone— as a sounding board or as a resource the way certain people have helped me so that is the news um so you're gonna hear me talk about it here and there i'm not gonna there's other still other things going on it's one thing you learn you come out of the office and people are honking horns and life is going on about but i definitely have new empathy for people people hear about the physical toll but there's there's a mental toll anyone i believe that has gone through it you know the anxiety, the uncertainty, sleepless nights, having to break the news, friends and family. There's, there's a lot that goes into it. But I am very optimistic. I believe I should recover, and I'll have more details about it, and uh, we'll have more updates to come. You've been listening to The John DePietro Show. Do you need a good plumber? I found the best plumber jmb plumbing call them today all your plumbing needs 401-743-9153 jmb plumbing they've been providing plumbing services for years skilled professionals stand behind their work guarantee you will be happy Maybe it's repairing damaged water pipes, repair clogged pipelines, maybe replace a, a water heater, as well as all your plumbing needs. Call them now. It's JMB Plumbing, 401 743 9153. Nothing throws off your life or your home or your business. When you need plumbing service, you need someone reliable, someone who's professional, someone who'll handle the job and do it right. It's JMB Plumbing. Call them today. 401-743-9153 jmb plumbing and look for them on facebook you're listening to the john dipetro show let's go with some news of the day did you see that blast arlington virginia it was going to be a police search instead somebody set off a flare let's pick up the story with ABC explosion took how place
7: overnight. there's still a large police presence surrounding this area as well as many community members who are out and about who tell us they felt the concussion from that blast from inside their homes all throughout this neighborhood <laughs> This Virginia home reduced to rubble, debris showering the neighborhood, even smashing the windows of this police car. You could feel the sound concussion. Early Monday evening, Arlington County police officers arrived on the scene. Investigators say the suspect discharged a flare gun 30 to 40 times from inside the residence into the surrounding area. Police attempted to execute a search warrant, but the suspect would not come out. That's when officials say several rounds were discharged from what they believe to be a firearm from inside the home. And at approximately 8.25 p.m., the residence exploded. Police are still investigating the circumstances behind the blast. Emergency crews rushing to the scene to contain the fire. Several homes nearby were evacuated. Residents describing the blast.
8: I was laying in my bed, and then just it felt like we got attacked. I got pushed forward. I mean, my roommates and I ran out. And we looked outside and the fire was just getting going.
7: Several videos of the aftermath show plumes of orange fire and smoke filling the night sky for hours. Investigators working to confirm if the suspect was alone at the time of the explosion. Now, Arlington police say officers on scene self-reported minor injuries and no one was transported to the hospital. Now, this location is close to a number of schools, and we're being told that their normal operations are resuming today. And again, we still don't know why the suspect was firing those flares from inside the home in the first place. Good
0: morning. What an explosion. Unbelievable. If you've seen that, hard to believe that that's all it was. Now, how about former U ambassador Bolivia, foreign agent for Cuba? Pierre Thomas with the story. This story is unbelievable. The
3: allegations read like something out of a Cold War James Bond movie. And this case potentially is one of the worst security breaches in recent history. Victor Manuel Rocha is a former State Department official with impeccable credentials, serving as a top diplomat in Havana, the U.S. ambassador to Bolivia, and at one point working at the National Security Council. But today he stands accused of being a secret agent, a mole for communist Cuba. Much of it during the regime of dictator Fidel Castro. Last year, the FBI became suspicious of Rocha and sent an undercover agent posing as a Cuban intelligence officer to meet him in Miami. Rocha, who is 73 and now retired, quickly agreed and allegedly soon was confirming he had been working for the cuban intelligence service the fbi recorded rocha allegedly describing how meticulous he was in becoming a double agent and allegedly bragging about what he had done it was enormous more than a grand slam it was decades it was decades he said now u.s officials are trying to assess the damage and we're told that doj plans to go before a grand jury as early as today to bring more charges guys
0: wow. Isn't that, a, I mean, it is something like out of a, like out of a James Bond film. Now, staying with Philadelphia, Philadelphia is, it's, I think it's just a really interesting city. How about the, here, a security guard was killed. Stabbing attack.
8: Wow. Stephanie Ramos is on the scene in Philadelphia. Good morning, Stephanie. Killed. George, good morning. The deadly altercation happened at this Macy's department store when two guards trying to do their jobs were attacked
0: having a macy's
8: this morning a man is in custody after a deadly altercation at this busy philadelphia macy's store people trying to shop and be joyful and happy and stuff like this happens so you just got to be careful a security guard approached the man attempting to steal multiple hats the man leaving the area but police say he returned 15 minutes later to confront two guards
7: There's a scuffle with the second security guard trying to uh, save uh, the first guard that stabbed, um, and that security guard sustains uh, several stab wounds uh, as well.
8: Authorities say the security guards were not armed. Both were rushed to the hospital, Uh. the 30-year-old guard later dying from his injuries. The suspect running from the scene. Authorities say he was apprehended moments later at a train station. This comes as retail theft is on the rise across the country, with smash and grabs becoming a common sight. The retail industry losing more than $100 billion in 2022, according to the National Retail Federation. Macy says in a statement that the security and safety of their customers and colleagues is their top priority. This location remains temporarily closed. This is still an active investigation, Michael. Yes.
0: I mean, notice the guards are not armed. And then you have someone with a knife. And then, then what are they supposed to do? I mean, losing your job. I, excuse me. Strike that. Losing your life. Killed. Let's, let's talk in plain sense here how much is a security guard making working you know at macy's not a lot lose your life from someone trying to steal hats and then you get stabbed to death i mean that is just brutal but they're not armed maybe they should be something some kind of a weapon folks you're listening to the john DePetro show It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. Stopping in and see Marie, that historic white church. Shop local, inside, all quality products, vitamins, herbal remedies, trusted companies. They understand quality, integrity. It's My Health, it's all about your health. Local products, I say, ye. honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. You know, they carry over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce plus Box herbs and teas, hemp and CBD products, and much more natural skincare products. Stop it and see Marie at It's My Health 1099, Menden Road in Cumberland. It's all about health for you, for your family. There's vitamins for children, all different types of teas, all different types of spices. Boy, what a difference it'll make. Shop local. Stop it and see the Queen of Health. It's Marie, and it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant, right in that historic white church. It's all about health. It's all about your health, and it's my health. You're listening to The John DiPietro Show. Folks, I always tout our website just because it has exclusive stories and video it has links to on the scene live stream remember there's no vo- uh, vowel i it's dpetro dot petro.com. you can also reach me that way if you'd like to get in touch with me Dpetro.com, log on and then links to facebook and youtube everything we have it's all waiting for you right there at the website <music>